NWP Radio. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. Hello and welcome. This is a NWP radio broadcast. I'm Christina Cantrell from the National Writing Project and uh, coming to you from my um, dining room here in Philadelphia. And I'm super excited to have this chance to talk about writing marathons um, in classrooms and in parks and in um, lots of public spaces in our, in our uh, communities and think about all the possibilities for writing and sharing together. Um, this uh, broadcast is connected to the um, NWP and National Park Service project called Write Out, which is really an open online event for two weeks where we invite everyone to go outside and write and to share their writing with each other. And so we couldn't think of a better thing to highlight um, as part of a write-out event than the writing marathon. So we're really gonna dig into lots of different ways that um, folks are approaching and designing different writing marathons. Some of them are just about to happen, some of them just did happen, and also there's a history to this work that we will uh, talk through too. So thanks for joining us tonight, and um, we're just gonna go around and introduce ourselves. So, Deanna? Hi, I'm Deanna Maskley, and I teach at Moorhead State University in Eastern Kentucky, and I direct the Moorhead Writing Project. I'm Abby Thomas. I teach high school English at Montgomery County High School um, in Mount Sterling, Kentucky, which is also just a little bit uh, east of Lexington. Hi, I'm Stacy May. I am a middle school language arts teacher, also in Moorhead, Kentucky, in Rowan County. Um, I've been with the Moorhead Writing Project since 2014. I'm Dorothy Luongo. Um, I am an elementary librarian in the Hudson Valley, and I work with the Hudson Valley Writing Project um, and the Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Eleanor Roosevelt, and Vanderbilt Historic Sites in Hyde Park. Hi, my name is Susan Cook. And I'm a park ranger with the National Park Service at Niobrara National Scenic River. I am the program manager for education volunteers and interpretation. And I've been working with the Nebraska Writing Project for many years on a wide variety. And now I am now um, at Homestead National Monument of America. And now I'm working at Niobrara National Scenic River and doing a wide range of writing things, introducing that to that community. Great, thanks everyone. This is one of my favorite parts of um, my job is getting to work with people all over the country and in really different regions and places and spaces. Um, so first, let's give a little bit of context to Moorhead and where you all are located uh, in Kentucky. So as you can see, if you look at the map of Kentucky, that we are located on the very Eastern part of the state although we go all the way from the very top to the bottom of the state. And we are a very, we're in the Daniel Boone National Forest, mm -hmm. which is also in the heart of Appalachia. And we're a very rural state in general, and our region is very rural in that we have no major cities at all in our region. Um, 
we tend to, in Kentucky, have county-wide school districts, which makes them sound bigger than they are. We have 120 counties in Kentucky, yeah. so they're not as big as you might think. Um, our service region includes 22 counties. Um, the three counties that we are including in our project that we're going to tell you a little bit more about in a moment um, all have one high school serving their district and one middle school serving their district. Although there are each of the um, school districts have at least three elementary schools, sometimes I think six or eight um, that feed into that one middle school. Um, these schools um, are somewhat close enough geographically so that we are competing on the athletic field as well as through academic and musical competitions. So they, they're aware of each other, but we're also aware of each other's communities in that some of the events that we'll talk about, um, people have attended those events even though they don't live in that community, for example. Great. Thank you. And let's um, give a little context then to Niobrara. This is, this is the river itself, right, Susan? It is. We get to protect and manage 76 miles of wild and scenic river. We have eight or six ecosystems and over 200 waterfalls within that area. Um, so we are working with a wide range of partners from private to public to game and parks to nature conservancy state um, park systems. So we work with a lot of different groups and uh, that's how we were able to pull off um, our right the river for it that we did. Great, excellent. And then the Hudson Valley. Dorothy, maybe you can give us a little context. Sure, yeah. So um, this is a partnership between the Hudson Valley Writing Project and the Roosevelt and Vanderbilt Historic Sites. Um, and we do seasonal hikes, so um, a fall, winter, spring, and summer hike um, that invites uh, teachers um, and students learning to be teachers to come uh, walk the trails at um, all three parks. And then uh, we have an art teacher, connections between um, the visual arts and then writing um, and how it might inspire students in the classroom. Great, thank you. So um, what's really interesting to me about this opportunity for us all to talk together is that we can really talk about the ways that the writing marathon and the idea of the writing marathon sort of runs through our work and has influenced our work over time. And I would say, I don't know how um, others would describe it, but I think of the writing marathon as a very uh, beloved tradition at the writing project um, that that continues to both sort of inform ways of working and um, bring us all together. Um, so, and there are writing marathons all through the year in different parts of the country. Um, and uh, for many years, this is a picture from the Oakland Writing Project from last fall um, when they were gathering together uh, to write up in Michigan. So you can see it was getting cold and everybody had their coats and hats on, but they're all sitting outside in a nice sunny spot. Um, so this is often what a writing project marathon looks like. Um, the other 
uh, part of the writing marathon is that a lot of um, through this national um, this cooperative agreement that the National Writing Project has with the National Park Service, we have a lot of um, sites that have partnerships with different parks. So um, sometimes through partnerships, uh, these these writing marathons will be facilitated. And this happened at um, Fort McHenry. Um, National Historic Site last year at the National Council of Teachers of English conference. And so um, writing marathons often, often kind of look like this too. Like here we were stopping to hear kind of a story and to think about something with the ranger. Um, the director at the site had asked the rangers to tell us about hidden stories, stories we wouldn't normally hear um, as a regular tourist at um, at Fort McHenry. So it was a really powerful, these really powerful stories were told. And then we would uh, find a space to sit and write, and then we would continue to walk together to another um, space. So this is just one of some of the ways that writing, like what a writing marathon will look like. Um, and then in, um, with COVID in, in 2020, a bunch of writing project sites across the country wanted to continue doing writing marathons at a time when it wasn't safe to get together face to face and developed right across America and developed virtual writing marathons, which was really a sort of ongoing, sort of an, an inquiry and a breakthrough in many ways, um, I think. Um, but Deanna, you should tell us more about this. And I, I um, cause I know you were one of the, the people who helped to who was thinking about this all summer long and who were um, helping to design this. Um, but maybe for, before you tell us about Right Across America, can you also sort of share what you think is so powerful about writing marathons in general? Like what's, what's this, the, the magic of them that makes so many of us create them in our own spaces and places? Um, so you're right that the Writing Marathon has a long and storied history uh, with the National Writing Project. Um, the Writing Marathon is essentially the idea of writing as a movable feast, blending writing and a community of writers and a journey through place. And one of the things that the Virtual Writing Marathon right across America taught us is that that idea of place is is more conceptual than physical. I mean, we are very familiar, many of us as National Writing Project writers, with the physical writing marathon where we are together in a physical place and experiencing all of that space, whether it's cold or it's hot. We do a lot of summer writing marathons in Kentucky and they're hot. <laughs> um, but this summer we learned that the magic of the writing marathon does not require us to be physically together. As long as we are connected together so that we are inspired, our stories are inspired by the same ideas of place and space, then that connection is still powerful, that magic is still there. Um, did you want me to talk a little bit now about the other sites? Or we have yeah, I'd love to look at the other sites. Maybe you could also, as you do this, you could sort of um, remind us what did what are the sort of basic like components of 
a writing marathon too. Um, I realize I didn't necessarily articulate this, but this idea of writing and then sharing, because I know that you all sort of develop different ways to do this too in this context. So maybe you can really sort of point out how you facilitated it. Right. So, so backing up just to the, the essence of a writing marathon is it's very, very simple with very, very few ingredients. Mm -hmm. You need writers and you need something to prompt that writing. And then you need at some point in the process, the opportunity to share that writing. Um, so sometimes there's, you, you write and then you move and then you write and then you move and then you write and then you move. And then at the end you share, which is how we often do of our writing marathons, our physical writing marathons at Moorhead. Um, but this summer, a lot of what we did was we, um, we had, I think it was nine different sites eventually that were involved. And it was a very exciting journey because we were all, when we first started coming up with this, we were just all so desperate to do, do something together with other writers and connect with our, our National Writing Project colleagues because I know at Moorhead that we have um, fall and spring writing marathons every year. So we have at least four, sometimes as many as six, just during the, the, the year plus more in the summer. And so we had to cancel all of our spring programming as did almost every other site, I think, across the network. And so we were just really excited to, to conceive, you know, to have a, a reconception of what the marathon would look like. So what we chose to do was use this really great app that allowed us to show the sites on a map as well as then install within that map different places to inspire writing and different um, writing prompts to inspire writing. And so throughout the summer, each week, we had nine different writing project sites in different states around the country um, show us something about their community, their place, and she, we are sharing now the Kentucky um, prompt. But it was really, the thing that I loved about the Virtual Writing Marathon, in addition to just the opportunity to write and share writing with my writing project fellows, which was wonderful and magical to do. But I love that each of the nine different sites had a very distinct twist and approach to the prompt. So we focused in Kentucky very much on like offering a feast of, for the senses so that we had a lot of, of visual images. We also had um, music. And, yeah. then at the, and then we offered some poetry that kind of filled in the remainder of the senses for you. But, you know, other sites, you know, one of the examples I like to share often is the Mississippi site because it's such a nice kind of classic example of a very focused writing marathon, which is very similar to what you would actually do if you were doing a physical marathon in that they were like in one city, just wandering the streets and looking at different places and with very kind of targeted prompts. 
50 marathon. There we go. So my sense of the Mississippi Marathon is that, you know, they were in downtown Hattiesburg, which is where they would go on a writing prompt or a writing marathon for the, um, the Mississippi Writing Project. So that's where they would go physically in the past, right? Right. And then um, just to, to spell this out, so I was, and Dorothy too, and Stacy and Abby, I don't, when we, when you were in a writing marathon, this summer, you could log, you could join, um, like there'd be a Mississippi uh, time and a Kentucky time, right? So I could join you all online here and then do the marathon together um, with these maps, right? Um, right. Every Tuesday, we would meet and for just like an hour, a little bit more than an hour, and the host site would do a quick introduction to their their location and their map and then we would have time to write and then they would put us into breakout groups and then we would have time to share yeah this is and, i remember from this one was was listening to the patty loveless song and this yes and I made connections to my family history in Nova Scotia, which I thought was so interesting, like where it took me, you know, it took me somewhere else, mm -hmm. but it was based in, you know, it came from Kentucky. So I thought that was really exciting. Right. And that's one of the really powerful things about a marathon is that sometimes you write about the place, the specific place where you are, but other times there's something about that place that inspires you to write about some other place. Yeah. And I know when we were in Arizona, which is about the complete, the most opposite place in the United States of where I grew up in upstate New York in the Finger Lakes region. <laughs> and I, that's what I wrote about was my childhood growing up in the Finger Lakes because of some of the poetry that they had shared through the Arizona side that just, that's where my mind went that day. Yeah. Do others want to talk about your experiences? in these virtual marathons? Sure, I mean, I think one of the things that's so powerful, Deanna, like with what you're talking about is the universal experiences that we develop around place. Um, it's just like really stunning how an image of an outdoor place, like, you know, I was a little skeptical going into it um, and how that imagery would evoke the same sort of personalization. And I was particularly astonished, I think, joining my local one how I was able to go into a place where I've been in person, but then the effect of being there virtually was just as visceral, if not even more evocative, because it was almost a sub subjective view through the photograph of something that I was, you know, invited into paying attention to. So, you know, I think it's, it's really marvelous seeing both the diversity of place from looking at, you know, all these different uh, locations, um, but also the universality of being together and, you know, how it worked every single time <laughs> in terms of bringing these things out and, and bringing these memories that are so important and so very human about us. So it's very exciting. Yeah, and I think it's important to mention if we're gonna talk about just different twists on approaches is that your site in Hudson Valley, their, their week when they hosted, they took us to 
an outdoor art installation. And so it was not the same as what you would see in what we did in Kentucky or what we did in Mississippi, where we're looking at like places. Um, it, was, it was just pieces of art in nature. And you know, that was an amazing art experience or amazing writing experience. I enjoyed the, the writing marathons because of the unique stories that I've never heard or had any inkling that they existed. And I learned so much from them and it took me to other places then and thinking, oh, what about this place it would have a story similar to that? That's what I really enjoyed about these writing marathons this summer. So thank you. So yeah, let's just keep thinking about um, what else is possible. So Stacy and Abigail, you 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 are working on a whole new sort of way to do this too, right? We are. You know, um, just like others have said, one of the the most wonderful things about riding marathons is the way. It just reignites your love of writing. You know, it doesn't only do that for adults, it does that for students as well. You know, so with, with COVID, um, our school district has been completely virtual so far. And when we were given the opportunity um, to take part in a virtual writing marathon, I was really excited because we have so many students who haven't really been able to be in contact with a lot of, of other students, especially students outside of their virtual classroom, you know, because so many of them have been home. So when we got together and we started talking about the design of the virtual marathon, um, we used a lot of ideas from right across America. And so you can see on the slide, um, this is a, an example of a prompt from a place in Rowan County, and um, it's a very, very popular place. Um, it's our Cave Run Lake. But what's unique about this slide in particular is the slide was created collaboratively um, among a group of students using Google Slides. So, you know, um, we wanted to find a platform that was easy enough for students to work on, but they would be able to work together because that's a big part of the writing marathon is to be able to collaborate. But these students actually generated models and writing prompts for other students to use. So, you know, that's one of the great ways to get buy-in from your student writers is to see what other students are doing and what other students have done. And so I think that, you know, um, these kids did a really great job of telling what this particular place um, in our town means to them and, and means to their families. And, you know, a lot of times I think um, when we present the idea of a writing marathon, we, we have really great partnerships um, with our school districts. But, you know, teachers get overwhelmed. There are so many things, there are so many standards that they have to meet. And so one of the things I think that's great about the writing marathon is it not only um, ignites that writer's passion and builds that sense of community, but you know, it meets so many writing and composition standards that we as teachers have to meet. You know, if you look at this simple example, you can see that students have used technology to compose. They've used technology to collaborate together. You know, the writing marathon in itself is 
writing for extended periods of time for different purposes. And ultimately, our goal is, as teachers of writing is to help our students become effective communicators. And I think that the writing marathon, whether virtual or in person, really gives students the opportunity to build those skills. So our marathon um, actually will start next week, but this particular group of students, um, they are um, gifted and talented leadership students. And so they got a head start on the others because they generated the writing prompts and they generated the examples that we will use um, during our, the first session. And so what will happen then during the second session of the writing marathon is we'll have another school from the district who has students compose the prompt and give some examples and um, so that we're, we're kind of sharing as we go along, so. I love this. Um, so they far. did do a, a beautiful job with this. And the, um, the idea too, that there's these multiple roles that the kids can take, you know, that, that some of them can work on the, the thing itself and then others can participate in the marathon. It's like a great way to work together. And Abby, do you want to share? Yeah, so, you know, something that Dana said earlier, you know, the simple ingredients of the marathon make it so accessible, but that we have to bring riders together. And sometimes, you know, we when we got together to talk about this, we, you know, were obviously aware of the barriers, you know, the barrier of having to do this virtually, being on Zoom, but also we are always mindful of the fact that we're bringing you know, kids to the table that maybe they don't consider themselves a writer, you know, yet. They haven't um, worked up the ability to own that identity or for whatever reason, their experiences have told them that, um, you know, I, I'm not a writer. I'm not a writer like that, or I used to do that. So something that we have to do is um, be able to create these prompts that, you know, if we're all in person together and I say, let's, let's go over here, that is instantaneous, um, gr that gratification of being fully immersed, you know, sensory, everything is, is firing for them that, you know, the barrier of, of doing this virtually is we really have to hit on some prompts that are able to grab kids from multiple entry points to bring them to the table to something that's already a little bit intimidating that they feel like they can, you know, putting pen to paper, it, that's, that's successful right there. So you have to convince them of that. And so how can you give them those opportunities? Um, so whether, you know, whatever you're doing, it can't, you know, maybe they don't see themselves or have the ability to go, oh, that place, um, I can connect to that place this way. So you have to give them different angles to go in. Um, so if you look at, we were talking about locally in our area, we have the October court days and this year it's been uh, canceled, but it is such a diverse experience from everything that the kids don't necessarily have had to have been a part of this, but um, you know, they could write about anything they see visually and the ability to access multiple genres. So whether the umbrellas inspire you to write, you know, something, some sort of fantasy or some poetry, you could look at the local restaurant here, Hibbilly Hibachi, that has a local food truck, and, and the kids are probably familiar in this area to that, and they could write a Yelp review or, you know, some sort of menu for that, and that's putting that, that pen to paper, and, and that gives them something to be proud of that not necessarily, you know, 
in in a day and age when our students associate writing so often with some sort of standard or a rubric, we can pull back and give them that success, making it a little bit more accessible. And, and then the end of this, the part of that magic is they are so surprised that by what they put on paper. Um, so it's, it's very important when considering those prompts that you give a variety of um, experienced writers the opportunity to come to the table, and um, it, it, and especially now without that ability to sit together in person, we have to really be mindful of what we're putting in front of them to draw them in and draw them through that screen that those of us that have been teaching um, virtually for so long know that it's really hard. You have to kind of go that extra step anyway, and so the, the writing becomes magical when we can achieve that. And when is your marathon happening? Um, so we will follow uh, after Stacy in Round County will be the next week. Um, the last week in October. Mm -hmm. Session two for, for our students. Great. And I love that you talked about the, um, well, I, it, one of the mottos that, um, or one of the things that I've experienced at many writing marathons and maybe I don't know who wants to speak to this, but the, I am a writer. So that sort of encouraging everyone to come to the writing marathon as a writer, that we're inviting everybody to, to identify that way. And I really appreciate the way you talked about, you know, just the challenge, you know, that many kids don't think of themselves as a writer. And this is a real opportunity to think of themselves as a, as a writer and the the that genre thing is very interesting i hadn't really thought about that but like oh yeah you can go all different kinds of places with this work too um seeing my students faces today when we were just talking i have a new a new group of students today and talking about this opportunity it was you know a lot of you know high school students just intimidated like me right i don't i don't write like that so trying to assure them, I promise you, if you just do it, just get there. You know, unfortunately, we don't have the opportunity to throw them on a bus and they're riding before they realize what happens, you know, what's, what's going on. Um, kind of like waking up in the morning and exercising before your body realizes what's being done to it. We have to really coax them, co coach them into this moment and, and get them there. So you're right. It's, it's owning that identity first. Well, and our intent is to um, follow Richard Luth's advice. And Richard is the um, originator of the New Orleans Writing Marathon, which is kind of where this all began. Yep. Um, Shout out to Richard. And Richard insists that we start with the prompt, the first prompt you give them before we give them, before we dive into the prompt that we provided for the location is that I am a writer prompt and they have to like just like live with that for us for a moment like we don't spend a lot of time writing about that but they spend a few minutes just thinking with that and like how that makes them feel yeah yeah I think and, that's so interesting um and been powerful for me too as a as a teacher of writing to to have to sit with that for a moment um I always think that's that's really powerful and I was thinking um, both these slides sort of show, like this also shows the, um, the students as designers, right? Like they're really like curating also. So there's some powerful, like speaking to what you were saying, Stacey, about like how it hits on a lot of 
different elements of the work, you know, being curators of their community. I'd like that's a very powerful role too. Yeah, this was an opportunity for them, you know, to share to share our town from a teenager's perspective. Yeah. They don't they don't often get the chance to do that. Yeah, I think that's really powerful and really taking ownership of a place. Well, and with Stacy's prompt that or that her students provided, you know, I looked through it um, earlier today and there's a lot there's a lot of writing inspiration to be found. I mean, that's just one slide out of several that they've yeah. created. And even though I am familiar with Rowan County, that is not where I live. But there's, there's those universal experiences represented in those slides that you don't have to live in Rowan County to write and be inspired by that. And they did go a little multi-genre. They, I mean, they have some slides with images, but they've also got some music. Yeah, awesome. That's great. That's a, that's a nice thing with the digital, is you can integrate these. Beautiful. Well, let's um, keep going and hear. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited. I can't wait to hear how your um, marathons go. And I hope you'll share with us at the right out hashtag. That's where we're kind of sharing everything that kind of emerges. Um, and um, if we go to Susan now and hear from Nyabrera, because they just ran one yesterday, in fact, I think, right? Right, Susan? Yeah, actually, a couple weeks ago for this one, the Homestead oh. one happened yesterday. Okay. But and still, um, the ones we did at Homestead were really pretty powerful and watching the kids change. Um, then I moved to Niagara National Scenic River about a year ago and took the same love of writing with me to this park and started introducing it with teachers. So we're still getting that. But we were we just did a 24-hour writing marathon we actually took it literal literally and our goal was because we hear from people saying oh yeah i you know everybody interacts with the river by floating on you can see barely in the background under the tent the people that are you know waving at us but everybody floats the river and i keep hearing people in the community saying oh yeah i used to go down there oh i used to do this and I tell you, this is one of the most beautiful areas you will ever find. We've had people from, because of COVID, everybody's social distancing in Nebraska this year. And we, I had a gentleman from New York City just announced it. We had South Carolinans announce it uh, this summer. That's what we're doing here. And they're blown away by what is actually sitting there. It is absolutely gorgeous. So this was a way to get the community to reconnect with this river because it is truly amazing. And so we did 24 hours, 7 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we did on a Friday night to a Saturday night. And we had to social distance in order to do something in person. So what we did is we had uh, people sign up for one hour slots where you could do multiple hours. And I tell you what, I was so surprised. People wanted the most time that people wanted was from 10 p.m. to like two in the morning. And it was active during that time, which part of me thought, okay, is it because it's pitch black there? There's no lights in this campground. It's very dark, so it's safe because we had a couple of lanterns. There's people around. Is that what this was about? Or, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, so this was two, two people that just came out and they were riding at the river's edge in, in the dark. We had people of all ages. We were going after families uh, for this time, um, 
what we were supposed to do this year was COVID stopped. So this is how we switched gears and adapted. We were going to do our first ever writing float with high school students where they would have different spots along the river. We'd start in, in um, like graduated every 15 minutes or every half hour. And then they would get to a spot where they would interact with the writer and talk about something unique about that spot because this, this river is extremely unique. It has uh, rare plants that you won't find anywhere else in the world along it. So anyway, different parts of why we're so significant would be taught as kids are floating in canoes down the river. They'd stop, right, get back in and go again until they all got to the end. And that's what we were hoping to do um, next year, maybe, we hope. But this is how we switched it out for this year to, to, to get it going. And, you know, it's really interesting because this is also in a campground. There's a campground that moves on along this river from where we uh, positioned this at. And we were giving, we had these super cool little notebooks that, um, journals. And so if people were writing with us, they got to have a journal and we asked to take pictures of their writing. But when I walked along the whole campground later the next, uh, on Saturday, um, late morning, you saw all these people sitting outside writing in their journals. And it was so cool because one of the things we tried to do is to create welcoming things, unique places to sit. Like you have a canoe there. You could sit in the canoe if you chose to. You can sit on the carpet, the uh, reclining chairs. Um, you could sit in those. There were a lot of opportunities. Or you could sit in the sand. And actually, uh, that one picture doesn't show up very well, but in that sand, it says write out. And maybe it's in the other one, uh, write the river. And we didn't put that there. Someone who was writing did. And we just thought, that's super cool. So we just then protected it until we were done. Um, but the idea was really about um, introducing the community in a different way to the river, introducing people to write. We do have a lot of writers around the area. What we started hearing were different stories about people who lived along the river, generations of families, and how they interact with this river. At the same time, we were also doing a virtual event. So we had a series of writing prompts that we started in the at 7 p.m. on Friday night, and then we were using the hashtag write out, and then Niobrara write, and couple others but anyway we started using those to get people going and the first one you know were kind of easier to answer or to write with and then we ended up with um, you know some harder ones that kind of delve more into cultural differences and culture and it really we had a lot of people playing with that and people were responding and we actually had people drive six hours to come do this with us which i just thought was phenomenal and it was so neat that you know because of covid we weren't sure could we do it can't we do it will it work so we didn't do the promotion that we typically would do for something like this because we weren't sure if it would if we would safely be able to do it but we could um so we're looking forward to doing something like this again and the attention that, uh, mainly because of the canopy, we had over 100 people stop and ask, what are you doing? And, and we also had people stopping along the river all day long too. What are you doing over there? 
and what it did was it gave us an opportunity to talk about um, our park, but also about the importance of education. And um, it was really kind of place, sitting here in this place really became very powerful because it brought out some of the stories that we didn't expect to hear. And like, there's one family that had to get their kids across this river back in like the 40s to get to school. They have a pulley system over the river that they put the kids in a cage, basically, and ran the pulley across the river so the kids could get to school. And um, the largest waterfall in Nebraska sits near where we were um, doing this event or program at. And uh, one lady talked to us about um, her grandmother taught school to the kids that lived on that land and what it was like to be teaching school next to a 73-foot waterfall. And, you know, it's just very unique things that we didn't, I didn't anticipate hearing. And so it was really kind of fun to do. And we're looking forward to, you know, it was unusual to do the 24 hours straight. And we had a few hours in the wee early morning that nobody was quite claiming, but it ended up that people showed up anyway, even though they weren't registered and that's okay. So it was just, it was a unique, something different. And I think that may be why people got, it got attention from people because they're like, what, what are you doing? And then using this as an inspiration to show that writing is cool. You want to do this and got families involved in doing it together. That's really powerful. I don't know about others of you, but I've had a similar experience in physical marathons where like the serendipity of running into people and talking to people and people seeing you write and wondering why you're writing, you know, is sort of part of that experience. And it's, it's interesting how it changes online, like there's different opportunities online too, but I do remember that from physical um, hikes or marathons that I've gone on. Let's, let's hear from Hudson Valley real quick, because I know you guys had yet a different, thank you, Susan, had a different take on the marathon last year too, and are sort of rethinking it again. Yeah, sure. So um, we are back in person, um, but it was interesting uh, listening to Stacy and Susan talking about um, the power of the virtual writing too. Uh, you know, I was thinking back to something we had done a few years ago um, called Beyond the Field Trip, where we brought teachers together to look at the uh, power of, you know, how we could bring the parks to people virtually. Um, and, you know, and a lot of it came down to the fact that these spaces are for you. Like our park rangers would always say, who do, the, who do the parks belong to? And the answer being, you know, it's for you. And I think writing helps cultivate that agency and that sense of ownership over place. And we see it, you know, with people coming together. So um, at Hudson Valley, most recently, we've, we've really been working on getting people out. And um, it was, it's been really lucky this fall, we're gonna try on Saturday. We did not do a spring or a summer um, in-person uh, hike, but we'll be at the Vanderbilt Estate in Hyde Park. Um, and we'll uh, go on a, a hike around the grounds there and then do some um, landscape painting with an artist. And 
um, you know, that's a whole nother level. Like I, I think I heard Abigail, you saying, you know, the, the kids don't feel like writers. Well, the teachers, first of all, they don't feel like writers, but they also don't feel like artists. And for some of them, I know when I first started doing it, it was my first time picking up a paintbrush in probably 20 years. And so being able to tap into those feelings of learning. I mean, many of the teachers feel very confident with the writing process, um, you know, and they're trying to, you know, feel what it is to be on that edge. So first of all, being outside, um, being able to experience um, the seasons and just take a pause. Usually they're on Saturday mornings. So pausing from your busy classroom and, and being with the outdoors, being in a historically significant place and then doing something that, you know, many of, of the participants really don't have a lot of experience with brings back that learning process and brings back that edge of, you know, we're going to take chances here uh, and we're going to be together and also seeing how a single prompt, you know, especially with something like landscape painting of, of you know, of painting something that's around you can be taken in so many different places and we end up with this really vibrant gallery, you know, of, of beautiful work that um, we've done it with teenagers um, and we've done it with um, adults. And, and it's really amazing just seeing how that process of taking in the space around us gets transferred and then recreated um, on a canvas. Um, so that's been really powerful. Thank you. So um, I wanted to just, um, let everybody who's listening or watching know where they can find out more about um, writing marathons um, and to see uh, more of the maps that were created and some of the resources that have been built over time. So if you go to the uh, Write Out website, which is writeout.nwp.org, um, and you click on uh, Get Inspired, let me actually go there. So you click on Get Inspired, and we have uh, several um, resources um, for, to support your writing out. So we have writing prompts with rangers, we have stories that you can share and make, so storytellers. And then we have pulled together a bunch of resources from the writing marathons. This is actually a picture from Kentucky, right, Deanna? Um, maybe one of the writing marathons even, I forget, you told me that. <laughs> Um, oh, this is a, a picture that was actually taken by one of my students who hiked up, and I can't pronounce it. Stacy, can you pronounce it for me? Lakiji. Yes, <laughs> which is a very noted site in, in our area, and she hiked up to catch that sunrise picture. Yeah, it's beautiful. So thank you for sharing it. And here we... Um, pulled together a bunch of resources um, for um, uh, a planning resource for use, uh, developing the writing marathon in your place or in your classroom. So this resource has a bunch of different things. There's an infographic you can use that sort of gives you the prompts, you know, write for 10 minutes, turn and share. It starts with, I am a writer. So it starts with the Richard Luth meditation on I am a writer, and then sort of walks you through it. And then um, from this summer's adventures, there's a couple of writing marathons that are highlighted here. And then um, our colleague, Kevin Hodgson, made a uh, bingo 
uh, board with all the different writing virtual marathons from across the country. So you can also see those too. So maybe I'll stop sharing my screen here and just sort of ask, um, you know, uh, maybe just so, some final thoughts. You know, what does this all make you think about? I'm I'm super excited to see the different ways that that you're all designing for these, and really um, thrilled to to hear how the students take these up and we're thrilled to see the, the the design that they've already put forward and then really excited to see how it goes and to hear from you all um, so that's what's staying with me is sort of the the potential of this i think is really quite profound um, anyone else want to sort of share some final thoughts well you know we've, we've touched very briefly on you know the existence of a pandemic that is kind of driving the differences in what we're doing now. And I think one of the things that I know has excited us at the Moorhead Writing Project is that revisioning what our writing marathon looks like for our teen and tween writers actually will allow schools and students to participate that would not have been able to if we were in our normal lives with our normal participation. Um, you know, we've, this, because this fall is our pilot, we've, we're a very tight little number of, of districts that we're involved with, but the hope is that once we know what we're doing, <laughs> that we can do this again in the spring. And that means that all the sites, you know, any of the schools in our region that wanted to participate could, including Pike County, which is like a two and a half hour, three hour drive to get to our campus. Yeah, I'm thinking about the, the word socially distant and how in some ways, you know, we're connected more than more than anything through these. Um, and it's so neat to hear about the work being done across the country because I feel like it just grows exponentially how powerful the experience is when you see it replicated in different ways um, across the country. It's very exciting. I think so too. And as ours was kind of more community-based right now, the hope was by the time we got to the day on writing that the schools are going to be picking up on and you know jumping in with some of the writing that's going on here to help us do something like this in the future but what i think also becomes super powerful is when you're watching um the hashtags and you're seeing people that are from all over the place and different points of view and learning different points of view from each other that's what i found really powerful is just learning about in how else are we going to learn about each other unless we're talking to each other and we have the ability to do this across the whole country and actually further if, if we choose so too, Susan, I think that's one of the great things about any writing marathon, be it virtual or in person, it's, it's coming together in a, with a sense of community and just seeing that, you know, we come from different places, we come from different backgrounds, we have different life experiences, but we can share and we, you know, we all have, we all have things to say, we all have things to share, and that helps us learn to understand each other better. And I think that we not only as adults, but our students learn to do that too. Yeah. 
we can probably pick up a cue from our students who are pretty naturally inclined to, you know, connect uh, social media all the time, you know, across county, across um, different varieties. So that aspect of it, I think they're going to be pretty comfortable with, you know, jumping on a Zoom with um, another county or, you know, another school in another state. That's exciting and pretty natural for them. Um, as we, as we do this, let's just now add this component of doing something um, creative with it and learning and taking that risk together. Yes, this is great, thank you. And um, I really, um, I sort of love, it, it's funny how the, the marathon, sometimes you're like, marathon, is that fun? <laughs> but I think that, I think it takes on that sort of like, how how this can be a, a really enormously changing experience um, and um, and I mean Susan did it for twenty four hours that's not necessarily how you know but but even you know these sort of um, these opportunities to come together online or face to face can be such 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 life life giving and life changing experiences for all of us and I think and we see that also as a as a country and as people, you know, sort of uh, reaching out um, and as a network, so it's super powerful. I was gonna say, it's not hard to do either. And especially for other park places or other public places, mm -hmm. reach out to a writing project person. They know how to get started. You know what your, what your resources are. And it's amazing when you blend the two together what you can make happen and it's not hard you can do it pretty quickly that's great perfect okay well thank you everyone for being here tonight to talk to us about this really uh thrilled to see what emerges uh remember to share at the hashtag right out and uh, just to note that we also have postcards this year we tried to make an analog version for people to also be able to share with postcards um, so if, um, uh, if that's of interest, the website, you can go to writeout.nwp.org, but really find us on social media at hashtag writeout. Um, have a lovely writing marathon, Warhead Writing Project, writing marathons. Enjoy yourselves, tell us how it goes, and um, give a shout out to your kids for sharing their work with us tonight. You're listening Thanks, everyone. To NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. NWP Radio.